I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonsi as we welcome you into a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We have our usual Thursday guest, Dan from the Wildcat Sports Pub at 1230, the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim at 1 o'clock. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. Heck of a win last night, Paulie. It was. You know, uh, something happened last night. That uh, I think is going to need to happen uh, in order for this team uh, to win a lot of games. And it's uh, Joe Girard's going to need to take a large amount of shots. Well, we talked about it on the show yesterday. You said, who's going to be the player of the game? And I said, I think they can win without Jesse being great, but I don't, I don't know as if this team can win on a consistent basis without Joe being great. And Joe's been great. I mean, you look at these last four games in particular, he's averaging uh, just a shade under 24 points. He had 24 points last night. That is essentially his average for these last four games. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And and they're going to need him to do this. They, they need him to be good. Right. I, we've been saying this since the beginning of the season. They are going to need he, him to be good. And he, he was good last night. He took 20 shots last night. He hit 10 of them. That's pretty, you know, you're going to take 50% from a score, right? And he was 3 for 7 from deep. And yeah, and he's and he's been doing other things as well. I mean, we saw obviously against Louisville, it was rebounding. Um, he's been doing other things, getting a few boards, getting a few steals, getting a few assists. And and I thought I thought Judah was really good last night too. I thought the backcourt played great. Simir came in and gave some good minutes. The backcourt played great last night. Yeah. Uh, the the interesting thing also, I that I took away from that game, if Jesse Edwards. Start scoring again. They're going to be a very good team by the end of the season. He's missing so many easy shots, and I think that's very fixable. I think this, and this is where I struggle with the ACC. Like I want to say, did this team turn the corner last night? That like everybody, Virginia Tech's only lost every game by three points. Syracuse beat them by ten. Is that a? Is that? A turning point for this team, or does Virginia Tech stink? Because we did this with Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I don't think Virginia Tech stinks. I think Virginia Tech's a pretty good team. And I think that last night, and I said this on the news last night, and I'll say it again. I thought last night not only was their best win, you know, analytically, you know, Virginia Tech is right around 50 in the net ranking. So it wasn't just their best win in terms of who they beat from a net ranking perspective, it was just their best win in terms of how they played. Like they played really well offensively. I thought d- defensively they played great. Maybe outside of that little stretch in the second half where they had the huge lead, and you know Virginia Tech went on that you know ten zero run or whatever it was to make it interesting. 
And then, you know, again, same thing as Virginia. It was like the inverse of what happened at Virginia, where Virginia built that big lead, you know, maybe took their foot off the gas a little bit. Syracuse crept in, but was never really threatening to win that game. Virginia Tech did the same thing last night. They scored 10 straight points. You know, Syracuse was up 20, uh, 22 actually, scored 10 straight points to make it 12. And But they were never really in, in serious jeopardy. Syracuse was never in jeopardy of, of losing that game. They were in control throughout. And I thought it was... I thought it was their best win. I, I don't think Virginia Tech is bad. I know they've lost five in a row now, four of those games without Hunter Couture. Um, I think Virginia Tech's a pretty good team. That was a good win. Now, whether or not they turn the corner, that's a that's a different question because that I think that implies are we going to see that kind of uh, performance a on a consistent basis? What's is it that? a good win? That was a good win last night. Yes. Well, yeah, we don't know. Like you remember, Notre Dame had just come off beating Michigan State. Michigan yeah. State's now number two in the Big Ten. They haven't. They've won one game in conference, so right now it looks great, but we don't know with the ACC. Yeah, and, and the other thing is Virginia Tech's going to get Hunter Couture back. He was supposed to play last night and and didn't. Uh, he's coming back sooner rather than later. They're gonna they're gonna win games. I, I do think that at the end of the day, it's going to be a good win. Good, you know, good solid quad two win. You, you looked at their resume going into yesterday. They didn't have a quad one or quad two win on their resume, so they needed that. And I just think the way they played as well. Now, it, will this? Can they build off of this? I think that's what what you're asking about. Have they turned the corner? I don't know as if you could say that they've turned the corner yet. I think if you start to see this, you know, that kind of performance on a regular basis, can't slip to Notre Dame, right? And then you got another measuring stick. Right. Big opportunity next week with Miami at Miami, and that will be a quad one opportunity. So, yeah, I think you know. They're four and two now. They're in this, you know, massive tie for third place. They're tied with four other teams for third place at four and two. Uh, you know, Duke came back and beat Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh gave them all they could handle last night. Um, it, it's going to be like this night in and night out in this conference. And and you know, we say it, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's really true this year. Like anybody, literally anybody, can beat anybody in this conference this year. Maybe with the exception of Louisville. Yeah, they just they're just in a bad spot where they. Dug kind of a deep hole, and they've got to get out of it. And you got to, you got to, you got to go on a heater in the ACC. You got in like they did all they could. They beat Virginia Tech. Doesn't matter who they had, who they didn't have. They won the game, and that's all that matters. And they right won now. convincingly. I mean, that was that was a a good solid win. Uh, really, both ends of the court. I thought they played well. They held Virginia Tech to three for nineteen. Was some of that Virginia Tech missing shots? Sure. But some of that is you make your their life difficult, you know, and you live with the result. And and I thought I thought on both ends of the court, uh, they were they were really good last night. Maybe outside of that that ten zero run that was a you know what three four minute stretch whatever it was where they you know maybe took their foot off the gas being up twenty two. We said that with Virginia on Saturday though. That's human nature. Kids get up by a lot of points. You know, oh this is going to be easy, and maybe you relax. And when you relax, you know, a, a team can can score a bunch of points on you. That's what happened with Syracuse coming back against Virginia. We saw it a little bit last night with Vatek, but um, yeah, that that was an impressive win, and I thought we saw some impressive performances. We mentioned Joe and Judah. We have to talk about Malik Brown. We have to talk about Justin Taylor. Those two guys coming off the bench, they continue when they when they hit the floor. They continue to do their job, and they you know Malik Brown knows what is asked of him: rebound the basketball, be physical. And he has a knack for being around the basket and being in the right place at the right time. And, man, he takes advantage of those minutes that he gets. Yeah, and he's going to get a lot more, I think, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, 
again, we we saw last night that that him and and Justin Taylor they got a majority of the minutes. Uh, Thirty four minutes for Malik and, and twenty eight minutes for Justin Taylor. And I don't normally, you know, I get to see and hear things on the court. And Malik Malik Brown scored twice early on. Jesse Edwards found him with a beautiful pass. He scored, and then he had a putback. And I overheard Coach Bayheim say to a player on the bench, that's what happens when you get below the foul line. And, you know. I could guess who that player yeah. was. So it's it's crazy that Malik Brown's doing what Benny Williams should be doing. And now there's, it's to a point where it's it's visible to everybody. You know, last year we sat and we took calls. Benny should play. Benny should play. Well, it's looking like Benny better get his act together. Or he's not going to play. Yeah. Yeah, and and we we've said this about Benny over and over again that you see these moments or these halves that he puts together where he's really really good, and then he's got other halves where he doesn't do much. And last night, you know, he only played eight minutes. Now what? Was he still feeling the effects of being sick? You know, who knows? I mean, he didn't play against Virginia, and I guess he had been sick for several days. He did practice two two times leading up to last night's game. Um, so, you know, he was good enough to practice and good enough to try to give it a go, but, uh, you know, didn't didn't give him much. One point, two rebounds, and eight minutes of action. And Malik Brown, he comes in, and again, he's... 11 and 12. Yeah, he's, he's making the most of his opportunities. First career double-double out of him. You mentioned Jesse's passing. How about six assists from Jesse last night? Yeah, that's a whole different thing where against Virginia, which everybody does, he struggled passing the ball out of double teams. Virginia Tech didn't quite double-team him as much as Virginia did, but he got the ball to open guys when he was being covered. Now, if he could, if he could pass and finish, this team's going to be good. I think you're starting to see things come together here a little bit. Um, and as much as you know, fans don't want to hear about the well, they're a young team. Well, again, they had a lot of new pieces that are starting to look more and more comfortable. Like Malik Brown and Justin Taylor look really comfortable out there right now, and and that wasn't the case. Obviously, I mean, it takes a while for for freshmen to kind of get their feet wet and and figure things out. And those two guys, they they've looked like they've figured it out. And Judah Mintz um, has progressively gotten better to the point. And I, I mentioned this to you off air. I, I talked with Jerry McNamara before we came on for the TV version of Orange Nation tonight. We we talk every every Thursday morning after Bridge Street and, and he said he thought it was Judah's best game of the season. And he said, you know, statistically you're not necessarily going to see that. 12 points, 3 assists. But again, just the, the way he played, the way he can, he, he, it he felt like he point, was finding, finding guys, yep. and running the offense better. And Right. And we saw at the beginning of the season, he'd go 100 miles an hour. He was always in attack mode and he's starting to figure out when to pick his spots, when to go, when to dish, when to distribute, when to set up this guy, how does he like the ball? Like he's figuring all that out. Where guys like the ball, you know, especially Joe, like him and Joe are playing off each other really well right now. It again, it's a process. You can't just snap your fingers and expect it to be perfect, you know, right off the bat. And it and it hasn't been perfect. And I'm not saying last night was perfect, but I think we're starting to see this team grow and evolve and mature together and get better and Let's see what happens these last two months. I, I I think last night was a was a promising, encouraging performance out of this team. So I'm not ready to say they've turned the corner, quote unquote. But I, I'm I was very encouraged by what I saw last night. Me too. And uh, 
I really hope Benny turns the corner also. We were, we're talking turn to the corner. I hope, I hope, I want the kid to succeed. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody if he's does. Really good, if he's good as his uh, recruiting ranking said he is, and you've got Malik Brown and Justin Taylor, this team's good and deep, and they need him to be good. And well, I think it's good to have options, and yeah. we've seen that this team has options. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's not performing, they got somebody behind them. You can you can stick in there and see how they do. And you know, Malik Brown has consistently come in, and I think we have a, a large enough sample size out of him and Justin Taylor for that matter. But but Malik Brown in particular, he just he comes in and he just he knows his job and he does his job and he'll stay out there and he'll keep doing his job for as long as he's out. He there. shows no emotion either. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's just like, yeah, I scored. I got fouled. I scored. I dunked. I grabbed her. Like, just doesn't smile. Does he reminds me of Mookie Watkins? He just he puts his head down and he, he, he does his job. He goes to work. He does. Like he goes me. to work. Always working hard. Is that Frank Howard who always used to say, "Put the hard hat on." Malik Brown puts his hard hat on when he checks in. Yeah, but I tell you what, you know that was a fun game to watch last night. They like they played well on both ends of the court, and it, it and this isn't a shot at Benny, but Benny is making it easy for Malik Brown to get time, and Malik Brown is making it difficult to take him off the court. Yeah, so it's kind of a perfect storm. Sure. in that situation. Yeah. Well, we've got the Hall of Famer on at 1 o'clock, and we'll ask him for his impressions last night. But, you know, we, we had Jerry McNamara on this show yesterday, and remember he brought up the, the three areas for us to keep our eye on, right? He said, we got to rebound, we got to defend the three-point line, and we got to take care of the basketball. And from a rebounding perspective, they won the battle on the boards. From a three-point perspective, Virginia Tech was three for 19, and from a taking care of the basketball perspective, they had five less turnovers than each of the last two games. They finished with uh, 11 turnovers. Well, 12, I guess, technically. Um, But they were right there in in that 11 to 12 range. I think they had five in the first half. So, check mark across the board with those three areas. They win the rebounding battle. They did a very nice job defending the three, which, again, I mean, you know, it's kind of pick your poison with this defense. They were they were exposed a little bit on the inside, but again, if you're if you're going to be that cognizant of the three point line and get out on shooters, you know there there are going to be some gaps, and and Virginia Tech, you know, exposed those at times. But man, I thought it was a good defensive effort for about thirty five minutes of that game. They rebounded well and they took care of the basketball. And you do those, you know, you do those three things, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. You know what I did last night, Stephen? I know we're we're a little behind, and we can get into this a little bit later, but I just want to tease it. I uh, I spent a lot of time last night watching Joe Girard specifically. Okay. If you criticize that kid, you're an idiot. And it's not because he's scoring right now. I watched him specifically run the in the offense. That dude puts in more miles, takes more hits, gets grabbed. Him getting open shots is a miracle at points. I literally specifically zeroed in on him. They call the two play. You know, I joke that I could run. Yeah, some sure. of, I couldn't do it against defense, but I could run through. They call that two play. That kid runs more miles than the fat guy in Salve who's criticizing him has done in his entire life. Him moving to get open shots is amazing. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. 
He does work hard. It's not. It's not easy. Yeah. And I and I think and I actually asked this to Jerry earlier today when we talked. I said, you know, what is he doing that's allowing him to to score so much and put himself in a position to score in different ways? And, and that's what it is. He's not just taking threes. He you know last night we saw him work the mid range game quite a bit, um, get to the basket, even going back to the Louisville game where you know he had a couple of drives that he was unable to finish or his shot got blocked. His his ability just to get to the basket and and to 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 challenge defenders, I think has has allowed him to have these four performances in a row where he's averaging twenty four points per game. He he's he's scoring threes. Yeah, he had three last night. He's hitting his mid range shot. He's getting to the basket. He's getting to the free throw line. Um, like, and and they're going to need this out of him. If you put a pedometer on him during a game, I guarantee you would be shocked by how much he travels during a game, and not like. In the basketball sense, I mean, in the how many miles he runs during a basketball game, it just he's just getting grabbed and hit, and it's it it was a crazy thing to watch. I've never done that before, where I just specifically zeroed in on one guy, but man, what he does, no, yeah, oh, he should be at Sienna. Get the hell out of here! Get the hell out of here with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I think you and I are both losing patience with that. That, but um, yeah, th- this team needs him to be good to to win games, and yeah. I, I think there's there's no doubt good. about that. He is good. He is good. Um, and when you get the best version of Joe, that's when you get the best version of Syracuse. This team's really good when he plays well, um, and I think we saw that. And they're last really night. good when Ju- Judah is under control and Jesse can score. Yeah, and Malik Brown comes off the bench. I mean, like it, that. That's the thing about last night. You, I think you got to see. A glimpse of the potential of what this team can be. Now, can they do it on a regular basis? That's the big question. <laughs> the other funny thing is, this year's team is doing something that the fan base has clamored for, man. They're getting bench points. Like, if you look at Syracuse, I guarantee you Syracuse's bench points are up there in the conference. Yeah, and they're getting and they're getting contributions, yeah. right? I mean, you know, well, just that if you're getting bench points, no, I know, but I'm saying yeah. it's not, it's it's not. I, my point was contributions yeah. plural. It's not just one guy coming off the bench and oh, he's the you know the, the best sixth man in the conference. And no, I mean they're getting they're getting multiple guys coming in and doing something. 20, again, twenty six Sim- points off the bench last night. Samir came in and you know he he didn't play much. He played eight minutes. He scored five points in eight minutes. Hit a three. Like he did some good things when he was in the game. We know Justin Taylor, Malik Brown. I mean they they got contributions, plural, from really three guys off the bench last night. Hema came in and, um, you know, he, he he was a defensive presence for five minutes, but it's not just one guy that they're relying on off the bench. They're, they're getting multiple guys to come in and make a difference. Did, we, yeah, go ahead. I did that math myself, Steve. What? I added up uh, the points of Taylor, Brown, I didn't even Torrance, fact check you. What'd you say? You and said, I said twenty six. Oh, you're looked, right. Yes. And then I looked down it's on the box score. Twenty six. Yes, correct. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, we are a little bit uh, behind here. Phone lines open if you want to check in on this game from last night around this team. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation. First time I've ever done this, Steve, with our artist of the day. No freaking idea who this band is. Never heard any of these songs. You've heard some I've of them. I've never heard any of them. I've None already of them? listened to them. Story of my life? Never. This one's called 
night changes by one direction, and I don't know why I picked one direction. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up. It's one, one of the, it's the birthday of one of the members. Uh, Zane. Oh yeah, he's he's adorable. Zane Malik. I, I don't know if I I'm saying that. I scream for him at the concerts. They kind of. I don't know what he they, was born in 1993, so he is he's they, 30 today. Are they a boy band or were they? Uh, yeah, sure. I think so. They kind of get a fall. Listen, you're asking field. the you're asking the wrong person. I I I don't know much about One Direction either. I know my kids listen to One Direction, or at one time they did, because I know some of the songs. Like I've heard some of the songs. I don't know anything about the band though. Yes, they've got a they've got a boy band kind of vibe to them. Okay. Uh, I'm more of a new kids on the block guy. Yeah, sure. That's, that's more that's my more wheelhouse. Our, yeah, that's more our our era. Uh, let's go to our guest line. No, we're going to go to our phone lines. we got Dan and Wildcat Sports coming in uh, next segment, but we've got uh, Steve in North Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Steve. Yeah, uh, my, my first point is that if I recall, one of the other schools that wanted Joe Girard was Notre Dame. So if he didn't come to Syracuse, we might be facing him on Saturday. And I don't think the guys who are currently his critics would would enjoy that very much, the way Joe's playing. Yeah, I think uh, BC's on that list also, so you could be doing it at BC also. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, could we have the best backcourt in the conference? I was looking at the conference scoring standings, and uh, North Carolina State has two guys that are scoring more than uh, Judah and uh, Joe are by a small margin. Miami has three guys who are listed as guards on the list, so I'm not sure that it's the best, but it seems like it's the year of the backcourt of the ACC, and, and, and we've got one of the best ones. Uh, now, it's an ideal situation to have a senior star and a freshman star, and the senior star can kind of uh, teach the freshman star the ropes and, and uh, get him acquainted with what they're doing. But I think that Joe Girard may have been influenced as much by Judah as Judah is by Joe because Joe's gotten so aggressive driving to the basket, making more daring plays than he used to, and it's made him a better all-around guard. He's not just a stationary jump shooter, uh, and uh, so I think they've helped each other. The other point I I wanted to make is that, excuse me, uh, the uh, uh, the two man game between Edwards and Brown uh, has really started to to uh, blossom here. Uh, it's the first time we've had two big men who could pass the ball to each other since we had Arinze and, and Rick. Uh, they were a big part of that great 2010 team. So uh, I can see this team really developing. The problem is Jim Mayheim says that he bases is starting decisions entirely on what players do in practice. And so he starts uh, uh, he starts uh, Benny and he starts uh, Chris Bell. And then he winds up complaining about them in the post game after we get off to a bad start and he has to replace them. And then they do great in practice. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, he starts them again the next game. He may finally be turning around and seeing that his, his best uh, lineup would have to certainly include uh, Brown and uh, maybe also Taylor over Bell. Yeah, and appreciate you checking in, Steve. Did you want to respond to that, Paulie? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Bell is 
interesting. He's he's been super efficient on his shooting the past few games. And I don't think he's played horrible. He just he he isn't doing the dirty work, right? Right. And last yesterday he doesn't come out of the game if he doesn't cut his shin. Yeah, and I I would say this. And um, then, yeah, but, go ahead. Uh, when he did come out, the performance of the guy that went in was outstanding. Yeah. I I don't think they're going to change the starting lineup. That that's my my personal opinion. Um I think they'll they'll keep these two in the starting lineup. If they're playing well, they'll stick with them. I don't think Bell's losing his spot. I, I don't think Benny is either. I don't think Benny is either. We, we this late in the season, and we've talked about this before with other guys who have been struggling. Like once you make that change, look, I'm not pushing for it. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. I would be Cause surprised. Because at, at what point do you you have to? If you need to win games to get in the tournament, you don't just play a guy who's not performing because that's what we've done. Like, no, you, again, it's, an, it's any, more like, than that, though. Steve, this is no, no, no. just this is just that's like not the reason, though. But this is yeah, that, absolutely no, this no, is just like every other business, Steve. I've been in this business a long time, and you don't just make decisions willy. No, but you but you would if he's not contributing, you don't play him. It's it's not. Well, so that's different. If you're not going to play him at all, that's one thing. Okay. The, my point is, is if if you make that change, and we've talked about this with various situations in the past, right? If you make that change, you run the risk of losing that player completely, right? Uh, Jalen Carey. Um, you know, there was talk about, you remember, Joe and Kadari. We, we dealt with that whole thing, right? That, well, Kadari maybe should st- – no. If, if you do it, you run the risk of losing that player. Okay. So I, but what are you losing? Like you said, you said this when I said right. He could have had his flu game. Did we really miss Benny in the Virginia game? Right. I'm just saying I don't think they're going to do it, and it's not because of a well. They they you know generally Jim Beheim doesn't change his starting lineup this late in the season. I think it's more so the the reason you don't do it now is because you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose Benny. You want Benny to succeed. You want to give him every Absolutely. opportunity to work his way out of this. But once you make that change, it's kind of like you're. It, it's almost like you're giving I, up on him, or at least he, that's the perception. And maybe that's that's his perception. I'm saying not not the coaching staff's perception. But sometimes you can lose a player. But you've also seen Beheim have guys come. Maybe it's a role he needs maybe. to do. You come off the bench and you you play more minutes. Maybe. But I'm not advocating for it. I just I don't think. It's a zero percent chance it happens because this team's struggling to get to the bubble. And if Coach Beheim thinks that someone else is a better option to get this team going to start a game, he's going to do it. We'll see. And I just my 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 feeling is they're not. I, I they're, they're you, not there yet. I'm not completely disagree with that. I just don't think it's that. An absolute. Like, I don't think there's any question that Malik Brown's outplaying him. I think that is a fact. Yeah. I think we, you know that is a fact. But it's not as. I guess my point is, and we've discussed this with other players and other situations over the years. It's not as simple as, oh, that guy's playing better than this guy. That guy's starting. It's not as simple as that. That's all I'm saying. I know you you understand that. I also I don't mean. I feel like I'm piling on, and it's not my job. Benny is. Uh, I don't know how to word this. He's. 
I think he's making it an easier decision than it should be also. When you when you get sat for not performing in the teams in a huddle, don't go stand out in the middle of the court by yourself and make it about you during a timeout. Be with your teammates, you know? Be a, be a good teammate. Yeah. Yeah. Root for your – when, you know, Juno Mintz is on the bench – and he doesn't want to be on the bench. And Samir Torrance goes in and drop five points. He's in there. He's rooting for him, you know. And, and I, it was—it's just a bad look. And I hope he figures that out also. Right. And I think that every, everybody collectively hopes that he figures it out, which is why I—I I don't think you—you you change it, or at least I, I don't think they're going to change it for that reason, because you want to give him every opportunity to work his way out of this. Yeah. Um, and I get it. It's frustrating. You grew up being told you're uh, gonna, you know, you're a one and done, and it just hasn't worked that way. It, it, I'm sure it's frustrating, but you just got it's it's got to you got to handle it better. Yeah. And the kid's 19, and I feel stupid for doing this, but <laughs> someone needs to get in his ear and tell oh, him I'm not sure to go are. sit at the back of the bench and stand in the lane when they're in timeout. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Um, all right, let's uh, hit a timeout here. 315-437-7644 if you want to check in. Uh, Dan from Wildcat Sports Pub scheduled in here for the next segment. We've got Jim Bayham coming, at one, uh, coming up at 1 o'clock, and we are back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Artist of the day today, One Direction. The song is called Drag Me heart. Down, Steve. All right, let's uh, let's get right to it. It's 1 o'clock on a Thursday. That means we are joined by the Hall of Famer, Jim Bayon, brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual. And, uh, Coach, great win last night. I mean, Paulie and I were talking. It, you know, it's not just your, your best win this year in terms of the opponent, but I, I think really performance-wise, both ends of the floor, you guys were sharp last night. What, what stood out to you about that win? I think we were balanced. I think that we had a really good offensive uh, night. Uh, I think defensively we guarded the three-point line, but we didn't guard the interior very well. So, you know, that was a big error in terms of uh, of, of what we did. Uh, I think we were fortunate late. They missed a couple open threes that would have kept it a little closer. But early, our three-point defense was good, and and uh, we we were very efficient on offense. Uh, uh, you know, Joe, Judah, you know, Chris, and Justin made shots. You know, when you make shots and the other team doesn't uh, from the three-point line, that's a big part of the game, and uh, that made it an easier game. But uh, they're a good team. They easily could have won the four games that they lost. They were right there to win them, and. Uh, They'll be they're tough. They'll get their other player back. Couture's a really good player, so they're going to be a good team down the stretch. So it's a good win. Uh, just got to get ready for the next game. Notre Dame's always tough for us. They're a really good shooting team, and it'll be a tough game. Past couple games, Jesse's kind of struggled to score near the basket. Is that a fixable issue? And because uh, I was I was said the Virginia game may have been different, and the Virginia Tech game may have. You win one by more if he had been able to just score a few more baskets. 
Well, yeah, you know, he's he's he gets pushed out a little bit in there. He's got to be a little more physical in those situations. But um, yeah, he he's, he can be a, he can he can do a, a little bit better, a little bit more on offense down there. We think. You know, how about the boost you got last night from the two freshman forwards off the bench in, you know, Justin Taylor and specifically Malik Brown, who, you know, it seems like good things happen when he's out there. I mean, it's, uh, what, what do you like about the performances of those two guys? Well, they were good. Chris Bell was good, too. He made both his threes. So the small forward spot, you know, when you look at it, they got about 16 points out of there, those, those two guys. So I think that was big. Malik's been steady. He's you know, playing starters minutes the last couple of games, and he's uh, he's been very steady. Gets better. Uh, I still think we can get Benny on track. His practices have been good. His second half of the BC game was great. So we need to get him back on track and and uh, continue to get better as a team. That's the bottom line. How do you keep Benny engaged and, you know, get him to get better in a situation like this? Because it's got to be clearly frustrating for him. Well, he's not playing well. It's more frustrating for me than I think it is for him. <laughs> I think he's a good player. I think he's shown that. Um, he just hasn't really played that well in, the, in, in games this year. He's had some really good moments and good games, but overall I think he's a better player than he's shown. Uh, he's still a sophomore. We're still working with him, and I think he can get better. You know, guard play is so important, Coach, and, and last night we saw all three guards, and, and you mentioned it in your post-game press conference last night. We can't forget about Samir. He came in, gave, gave you some good minutes in the first half, and, you know, Judah, Jerry told me earlier today he thought Judah, that was his best game of the season, and, and Joe's been, been steady. How, how about the, the play of your backcourt lately? Well, Joe's been good. He's really been good. He's a, he's a very good player, and, uh, you know, I think um, – you know he's uh, he's been been really really solid. Judah's been good. I think Samir was really good. I think he did a great job. So you know these are things uh, we we we're, we really depend a lot on our backcourt, but we got to get everybody better, and I think that's that's really the key moving forward. You touched on Notre Dame at the top, and uh, you know it's a team you've already faced once at South Bend. It was a one point game, as you said. They're difficult to defend, especially for you know your, your team in your zone. They're difficult to defend. They can create some trouble. What do you take from that first meeting that, that you can apply to this uh, this rematch? Well, they're difficult to defend for everybody. <laughs> it's not us. It's everybody. They're a good shooting team. They got guys that can put it on the floor. They're veteran guys. A uh, very good basketball team. So. We'll have our work cut out for us. All right, 7 o'clock tip uh, Saturday night. Uh, Coach, thanks for coming out. Do you, you have yeah, one I, more, I, I, I did have one more for you, Coach. And I wanted to put this in, like, if you looked over your career, you know, we've discussed Joe Girard gets <laughs> grief from the fans. I, I sat and watched him last night trying to get open shots, and he is running around the court like crazy. Where would you rank him among, like, players of how hard it is for him to get his shot in compared to what he's doing this year? Well, he's doing a great job of getting a shot and putting it on the floor and getting a shot, which is, is an improvement I think he's made during his time here. Uh, he's much more efficient, um, but he's a, you know he's a, a little bit like Trevor Cooney. He he can do a little bit more with the ball than Trevor. Uh, Trevor was a, a better defender, uh, underrated defender. But he's a very similar type player uh, to Trevor. He just uh, he works hard. He moves. He he's uh, gotten better of of making shots uh, 
being guarded. I think that's the, the biggest thing. And, and uh, you know, he's getting better. He's getting better every year. Yeah, averaging about 24 points per game these last four games. Coach, we appreciate the time. Good luck Saturday. Yep. Thank you. All right, there he is, uh, the Hall of Famer Jim Beheim, brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual. And uh, why don't we take a time out here? We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll react to it. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to check in. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.